drank the dark clouds deeper and ran the wild moon hunting alive with fur and feather as omen apparition we left the moon suspended and leapt back onto the ground Welcome to episode four of the Antipodean Arts Podcast, serving you sass, wizardry, witchery, potions, sacred sites, the paranormal, all this hoo-ha. Brouhaha. Mm. And I want to take a moment to acknowledge country. Uh, we are here on Yagara and Turrible People land, um, which was not given up. That is still Yagara and Turrible People. Um, country and a very, very sacred place. And we are blessed to be able to be here tonight talking and and speaking about magic in this place. That is correct. Mm. How are you, Brody Ann? How's your week been? I'm good. We've had a big Friday. Yes, we have. We're going to sound a little crazy tonight, but that's okay. I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. You did a lot of readings today already, I did. Didn't you? I did do a lot of readings today. And I, I've, I've got, I just got my cards out of my little pouch Ooh. ready for another one. But I don't know. I don't know if I want to get into that straight away. No, let's um, just take a moment too, because we had a pretty crazy couple of weeks mm-hmm. since we released the first episode. And That's right. We literally just posted the second episode right. before we went to record this one. So um, <laughs> I just want to take a chance again to say thank you, mm. guys. Holy moly. Um, we've had some great feedback and yeah. and lots of people we really respect are adding it so thank you so much make sure you subscribe yes yes you can find it at all the pit stops that's it touch it Press that button, touch it, touch it, subscribe. Yeah, we've got some amazing guests coming up from all over this good green earth. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just excited. I'm excited to uh, showcase more um, Antipodean, Australasian, New Zealand, ta- Pacific Islander talent. Absolutely. Um, which will be definitely coming up. And um, especially also, you know, local magical talent in, in West End and you know, in, in yeah, this that's what region. I'm really excited about. There's some mm. amazing people that that we know, or even that we haven't got to know extremely well. Mm-hmm. For instance, I'm thinking some of the people that come in, that are clients, or come mm-hmm. in that are that are customers yep. at, at the stores that are, that I think would be amazing to get to talk to, mm-hmm. and that lots of people could learn from them. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And like you so know, for instance, exciting. like there's a. Like as we speak, there's a book launch finishing up at Eclectica. Yes, you know, I think. And who, what, who, who's the author of that book? And what uh, is that book? Kate Dennings, and I believe it's the A to Z of mm. tea leaf reading or the ancient art of tea leaf mm. reading. I hope there I got that go. right, Kate. There you go. Shout um, out an incredible woman, um, person that I learnt tea leaf reading from mm-hmm. many moons ago, mm-hmm. and was a, a, like with Luke Quadrelli, a big person that mm. you know. That's where I actually met her. And uh, she was amazing. And she is amazing. So I'm really proud of her and, and excited for her. Yeah, awesome. It looked like it was going really well when we had to go. Mm. So, yeah. Yes, yes. Well, you know, tonight we um, we had to reschedule a guest um, or two guests in, in particular. So we just thought we would talk a little bit about what it's like to be a professional reader. <laughs> and also um, a bit about... Um, you know, books I've written. Well, I, I think it's about time we spoke about that because I don't think we even brought it up in no, the, in the first I, I tend episodes. to like avoid it. Oh, yeah. I haven't noticed at all. <laughs> You're very modest, darling. 
Yeah, and I have to. It's 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 awkward because one has to when one is self-employed, one has to hustle. Yes. So over over the ten years, I've gotten good at just getting over myself and putting my shit out there, and 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 because I am confident in my work. But there's also, I I have for some reason like the writing stuff is is in my head secondary to my like my my professional practice as a witch and as a teacher. It's it's yeah. really interesting. Even though I've like my editor the the other day um at Llewellyn, she was like she 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 rewrote my bio because in my bio um I didn't even mention how many books I'd written and I noticed <laughs> when I went back on to check if it had been uploaded, she was like, you know, the co-author or author of five books and I was like, "Oh yeah, I guess so." Oh, yeah, I did five books. <laughs> and it's not it's just I forget because it's been a decade yeah right since i um since my first book came out which uh came out in march 2009 and you've got some exciting news the last were you saying the first two books that you wrote yeah uh, so it's well i think it's exciting some people would say it's not but like when when books go out of print when they like when when publishers are like okay so this print run is done i just feel like that's special for some reason because it's like the especially the first two books um like i have had books go into reprints which is also very good like you know that's the uh, that's the ideal but when so my first two books spirited and by landskine sea um are finished their print run you know so there's only like an a finite number of those books in the world and i'm very proud of both of those books especially the first one which you know i i wrote over from i think i started writing it when i was 15 like putting together the scraggy like pith of it really and then and then i finished it when i was 18 Oh my god! Yeah, I shuddered to think what I was doing at eighteen. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I've oh, always been shit. very serious, no, <laughs> <laughs> and very like into it, right? And I like the reason I even wrote that that book, Spirited, um, which originally was half. I mean, re- originally double the size because I had all these other chapters, which um, my editor helped me encourage me to take out, which I'm so glad I did. Um, uh, it was because I would go into stores because I, um, I was a big reader and, and not so much now, but when I was a kid, a teenager, I would read anything yeah. just to learn, just to absorb. I would take anything, even from practices or traditions I didn't resonate with. I would read it because yeah. I wanted to understand and grok it all. And, um, and cause I just wanted to know and put things into practice. And so I remember going into Lachlan mentioned it actually in episode two circle bookshop, which was in yeah. the city. And I went there when I was, um, I guess I must've been 14 or 15 and I was, I was in Brisbane for pay. I lived in Toowoomba, but I was in Brisbane for pagan pride day, which was in King George square in the middle of King George square. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to go to circle bookshop. And I was looking around and all the books on witchcraft and paganism just seemed at that time. And this would have been in, um, God, 2002, 2003, um, they all just were felt or seemed, and I could have been wrong, like rehashes of, mm-hmm. of things that I'd read and just put in different ways. And I, and I was like, huh, this is really bothering me. So I put together this book out of passion and desire and kind of frustration, which is, um, which won an award. It won the cover visionary award for the, um, best wicker slash pagan book of that year, which, you know, I have this giant heavy obelisk, um, <laughs> trophy whatever Weapon. award it's it's heavy <laughs> and huge and terrifying uh and yeah just it was um such a passionate um love note to younger pagans because it was yeah. written for pagans aged 15 to 25 um so people who were practicing or um who are practicing because you can still find it in places um and but who wanted to understand more about theology ethics 
actually the mechanics and dynamics of spellcraft, um, history, law, and it was written as a book um, for people specifically in Western forms of paganism because that's what I grew up in in that sense of coming into my witchcraft. Um, But definitely in the beginning I remember saying, I'm a witch, I'm writing this as a witch, but I'm trying to make sure that I make it, you know, accessible like I wrote some bits on reconstructionism and Mm. some bits on Wicca um, like traditional forms of Wicca that I'd picked up from friends um, who were involved in that at the time and um, actually it talks a lot about the emergence of the Wildwood tradition um, as well because that's where I was at that time and still am but it was fresh in that book and um, yeah it just feels it feels like so long ago because it actually in my and I'm 31 this year it just is a long time ago in in, yeah. the, in the in the landscape of my life yep. you know and then um yeah so I you know that that book I've seen that book reviewed by people I do not know on YouTube and often you know when I've when I've sometimes like when I'm alone I'm actually really shy about watching those things and yeah. not it's not like out of fear that someone will say something terrible I've got quite the thick skin but um it's often um because when I have watched them, they're really glowing. And these people, often they're British. It's always like a young <laughs> British woman um, reviewing that particular book. It's it's so interesting, that synchronicity. And um, they're always saying really sweet, substantial, um, like, you know, like glowing things about it. And um, yeah, I really like that book. It's amazing. <laughs> and so I don't talk about it enough, really. But um, I think it is important to claim our, um, you know, our... Well, your origin our, story. Our too. origin story, yeah, and yeah. Our, and and how I feel. What are oh, proud? I was like searching for that word. What's that <laughs> what word? What is that? What am I? Yeah, oh, I do. I feel like myself proud because that book also helped to grant or catalyze the confidence and the um, the something in me. It propelled me into really what I love doing the most, which is teaching. Teaching, yeah, yeah. and so those. Books like my first three books, Spirited by Landsky and Sea and Ecstatic Witchcraft, Ecstatic Witchcraft, which is still around and 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 is very kind of substantial and dense and um and yeah, that just propelled me because they came out 2009, 2010, 2012, and um you know I I have toured the states numerous times now, often for three months at a time. I've made a lot of friends. Um, I I happen to have made friendships with some of the most well-known pagans and witches and occultists in the Western world. Mm. Um, And I remember when that started happening, I was really like, I can't believe I'm in this This living room. I can't believe I'm in this attic. I can't believe I'm talking to you. And after a while, it just becomes, oh, you're all just human. And now that starts happening to me. (laughs) (laughs) And and those projections that happen on, on... authors especially because for so long in the pagan movement in the west the authors have been the teachers they have yeah yeah. because we're it's interesting you know we're not the religion of the book but we are people some people say the religion of the library yes (laughs) i resonate with that because that is and i guess too with us being in the antipodes for a long time you know back in my day I often do that in the bookshop. I'm like, you don't even know how lucky you are that you can just walk in and put your hands on that book. I know, and we're in our thirties. <laughs> like what I hear and from our elders. Jaded. Holy shit. Oh my gosh. Back in the fucking sixties and seventies. Yeah, 70s. you were lucky, especially in Australia, to get to get your hands on that. And I guess they were the teachers. So there is a huge uh reverence and respect uh mm. for the written word and the authors in, in the pagan community. Yeah. With good well, for good reason. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, in the sum, obviously. You were intimidating when I met you, but not for the reasons that I think other people would think. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I hadn't, I think what the first time I met you, I hadn't read your books. So, Mm. uh, but you have that aura about you. So I guess that that was intimidating in itself. But then as a solitary coming into any sort of gathering, sure. I found everything intimidating. Yeah. I, I was, you know, and being a Libran. <laughs> I have to please mix, everyone. I want everyone to like me. Won't you, you know, it's going to be great. It's going to mm-hmm. be fine. No. So I'm curious actually on this note, what were, mm. what were some of the first um, books that you, that you, not that you read and got you started, but you mm. really were like, this is it. Oh, oh gosh. And it could have, it could be a book or a practice or an author that you maybe no longer resonate with, but like what were some of your formative moments reading oh. about witchcraft under your covers at night? Oh. oh, that's a really hard question. I'm not sure. Look, I'll probably think of a million once we finish recording. Well, look, let's I'll, go one off the top of my head. Yeah, go. Uh, when we were debating the other day, not debating, but there was discussion on on people sort of poo pooing things that might seem a little silly now. But Silver Ravenwolf. Oh yeah, yeah. You know things like that that when we were, when we were younger and and you know you got your hands on, mm. and it it seems so real. It mm. seems so. Um, available mm. to us, you mm. know, that this is magic that I can do. Mm. Uh, that's, yeah, Anne Moira. Oh, the, the Green, Green Witchcraft, Witchcraft series. Yeah. That was a huge one for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, because I think she spoke about things that I remembered my grandmother saying, yes. little bits and pieces. And, of course, she is talking about things her Brazilian grandmother and yes. her Brazilian mother which would, was, say, would say to her. Yeah, yeah. which is... It, um, yeah, I just that those books resonated a lot. I loved mm. those. Mm. Um, the Witch's Bible that did that. It did oh. a lot of me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, <laughs> learning about Vali Myers. Uh-huh. Vali changed my life, and I think we will talk a lot about her on, on mm. this podcast. I hope we will. We should have a People, whole thing. I think I'm going to have her. to do a whole yeah. show on that. And and, and Rosaline. Rosaline Norton. Yeah. So learning that that two of you know. Debatably, but I don't think so. Mm. Two of the most influential and powerful witches mm-hmm. were Australian. Yeah, and, and, and uh, in some cases, like both have huge appeal, um, often in a more like kind of like hidden or esoteric hidden, sense, like esoteric deep respect for both of those sense. women. Because as a visual artist, both of them mm. were visual artists as well. So for and me, that was lived, a huge. They, they lived. lived they were. Performance art, dancers and singers, and manifest like living on the left distillation, yeah, just rebels, vagrants, yes, all of that lovely stuff. Yeah, so yeah, those influences when I was sort of uh, first coming up Mm. probably changed changed things for me. Well, I remember so back in the day when I would go log on to the dial up internet and go (laughs) and go on to like Witch Vox and things like that back in the day in like 1999, 2000 is when I started um, actively um, seeking and learning. Um, Yeah, 99, 2000. That's um, when it happened. you know, people would always say, read Wicca, Guide for the Solitary Practitioner by Scott Cunningham. Read um, The Spiral Dance by Starhawk. Read love, love, love. read The Witch's Bible by Janet uh, and Stuart Farrar. And interestingly, those were not the books I read straight away. Like I would always go, okay, I acknowledge that one day I have to read them. And I did. I read them at the end of high school. Yep. 
but I got involved um, in reading and practicing when I was in year seven. And um, the books that I got first were the books I found at the Toowoomba City Library. And funnily enough, one of the first books I ever read that struck a huge chord with me and, and has stayed with me is Lois Bourne, who died last year. I believe it was last year. Her autobiography of a witch. I literally just found, you know, yeah. I, you saw me, you found yeah. me with a paperback yeah. of this the other day. And I cannot believe I haven't had her in my life. Oh, she's she, exquisite. I love, love, yeah. love. That. I nearly cried when I found it. There were more books of hers I and know. that she was this huge figure I had nothing, yeah. I knew nothing about. Um, so I love, yeah. I love that book. I can't wait to read the second one. I literally just finished. Yeah, the first. she was, she was a, she was the, um, the high priestess of the Bricketwood Coven, which was, I believe, the first formal Gardnerian coven. Um, and uh, she then went on to practice in uh, another form of traditional witchcraft um, that had more of a. Um, I guess a master, magister, um, magistra vibe going on, but um, which she talks about in one of her books. Uh, yeah, I just that book really influenced me because it was it was confirming a lot of my own experiences. Like she was mm. just so matter of fact. These are I see spirits. Weird things happen. Spells have results. Yes. It wasn't vague. It wasn't no. metaphoric. It wasn't psychological. It was like this is very real. Kind of like what we were, ho- you know, hoping yeah. this will be. Where yeah. she just seems as though she's she's talking, that talking you through her day to day life. And that's what it was. And, and I was like so captured stuff. by it because yeah. it was it. It sounded like the way my father spoke and speaks about yeah. his stuff. It's like oh yeah, that's because that's all very normal for some people. Yeah, <laughs> and it is just. Um, constantly awe-inspiring and part of the labyrinth of life and as initiates and mystics and and occult practitioners we are constantly deepening and constantly in awe Mm. (laughs) like it like sometimes i'm like how did i get like i have seen and felt and like gone through so much in my like like i yeah i have and then but you know it just gets deeper and deeper and more and more and it's just like how does this keep getting Left, like it just it, it Keep oh, being wordless. Wordless. I, I think that that is probably one of the biggest parts about being a witch mm. or, or believing in magic is believing in the unseen mm-hmm. and having or looking. What is that quote? My, is it Roald Dahl? That look upon the world with glittering eyes, like always look upon the world yeah. with wonder because that to me is magic. Yeah, there probably be a million uh, other books not necessarily um pagan in origin oh, that course. would have influenced like, us as well as mostly like right everything like that charles delint yeah was a big influence on me like one of my best friends in high school their mother um like got you know kind of started to realize that i was into witchcraft and animism and folklore and fairy tales and she was like hmm you should read charles delint mm. and i picked up forests um forests of the heart in the Toowoomba city library and i read it cover to cover just like within two nights and i just fell in love with his style of urban fantasy and his way of um seamlessly powerfully weaving in native american legends and folklore um with celtic um understandings of the she and the gentry and witches and artists all the good stuff yeah and always the protagonists were women Mm. and like just brilliant I just really identified with it and um often there were queer characters and it was just so all woven together and that charles de lint novels um, especially Newford Chronicles novels really, really impacted me. And also, I don't know if you ever read uh, read these, but Circle of Three. 
No. Oh, okay. By Isabel Bird. Holy shit. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> I know um, Thorne Mooney, uh, who is a, a more recently published author through Llewellyn, has um, has a YouTube video going on and on about Circle of Three. And that's, I think, where I started to like really fall in love with Thorne Mooney because I was like, oh my God, you loved Circle of Three too? I don't actually know that many people in my life who read those you books. Know it. And they were... There were, <laughs> there were, there were um, a series of books that came out. I think in two thousand and one. I remember. I think it was in two thousand and two that I found them. Mm. The first book is called "So Murdered Be," Ooh. and the second book is called "Merry Meet." <laughs> and um, but they're written by a practicing witch. Amazing. And um, I remember, and written by a woman called Isabel Bird. And I always used to think, oh my god, I want to meet Isabel Bird. Like she's speaking right to my heart. Aww. Isabel Bird turned out to be the pseudonym of a gay male, um, Michael. Michael oh, is his name Michael Ford or Michael Thomas? Um, sorry, <laughs> I, I know we've talked, but I'm blanking. But um, he writes all kinds of books um, nowadays, um, fiction, fiction books. And uh, yeah, Michael Thomas Ford. That's why I kind of fucked it up there. But anyway, these books are outstanding and they really, really also spoke to my experiences as a young teenage practicing witch because there's these three um, young women, uh, Kate, Annie and Cooper, and they all meet at high school because they've checked out this book from their um, school library. And one of them casts a love spell in the first book and like it goes all wrong (laughs) and, and, but in a way that actually might happen. And, um, and then they form this like mini circle um, to kind of like help each other learn. And then they go to the store, Crone's Corner, and it, or Crone's Circle maybe. And um, then they learn with Wiccan teachers there. And they form this coven. And they go to they go to lessons and they learn about the sabbats and the and the and goddess worship. And and it's just fucking adorable. Oh, I kind of want. It. So it's like the Babysitters Club only. Yes, places. it's so. Well, I'm so down. It is so... I really highly recommend it. I would read it they, just to get to know it better. Oh get to God. know you better by it, proxy. It was, yeah. So when, <laughs> I love reading So shout, shout out to Thorne Mooney, who just had a book come out through the Welland called Traditional Wicca, who's... She's, she, Thorne Mooney's great. I love I love her sass and wit and just commitment. Um, but yeah, she has this whole YouTube video about how good Circle of Three is. And I also just agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll go down a, a pop culture, like, mm. you know... Uh, Avenue here, but that's what I was exactly gonna, how did you know I was going to say that <laughs> the very fact that we are planning a, a Buffy club to mm-hmm. start re-watching everything mm-hmm. speaks volumes but Buffy was huge for me Buffy is another thing it's like how I read all those um, like you know read Starhawk read Scott Cunningham at the end yeah. of high school I saved Buffy like I knew of Buffy and a lot of my friends watched Buffy but I saved it for myself I think because I knew <laughs> that it that, that it was going to be intense. It was going to be intense, and it was going to change your life. Yeah, yeah. No, I was right in the thick of it, even in in high school. Wasn't your nickname in high school Buffy? <laughs> it was on the jersey, that's for sure. I'm definitely going to be wearing that to the Buffy nights. Ooh, We're going to form yeah. this Buffy club. But yeah, no, that was a huge influence. I loved it. And so should we should we move on to our segments? Well, yeah. I thought let's do our reading segment. I mm-hmm. think it'd be really lovely if we start with a reading mm-hmm. and then we could go on to talk about what it's like to be a reader. Yas, queen. Yas. <laughs> so the winner of this episode, this is going to be a reading for the um, calendar month of July. This is Sandra. I hope I'm pronouncing pronouncing this correctly. Reinhardt. Reinhardt. Looks like a Germanic or Dutch name. Um, 
Anyway, you are a Libran sun, <gasps> just like Brody Ann. So I'm going to <sighs> just doing a quick cleanse of the car. Do a quick cleanse. Okay, Sandra, this is um, um, a reading, a three-card reading with the Waitsmith Tarot for the month of July. You are a Libran sun, as you know, and I'm going to stop shuffling. There we go. There it is. And I'm going to lay them out. You have the Knight of Cups. You have the World. And you have the Five of Wands. So what I see here is that you are presenting here as the Knight of Cups and something that you have been spending a lot of time pouring energy and emotion and soul into is about to complete. And it's important that you mark that consciously with celebration, um, that you ritualize it in some way. I, I do know that you're a witch. So, um, you know, I know that you know how to do that and do it well, do it thoroughly, do it deeply. Um, it's, it's obviously been a bit of a grail journey for you. Um, and it's been, it's been aggravating and frustrating. Um, and so I guess, and I guess the month of July for you will be that time to, to honor and celebrate and mark and transition into a new phase of how this is going to resonate and reverberate, um, all this work, um, all this emotional service and, uh, commitment to what you hold to be most deeply sacred that you're serving with love, um, with this intensity and, and eroticism and romance. Um, and so that, so the month of July does almost show a little bit of aggravation or irritation around you circumstantially and within you, because, you know, sometimes when we have that upswell and that, that new vitality is coursing through us, um, we, we feel irritated and we feel aggravated as our, as skin slough off us and, um, you know, our cells, so to speak, rearrange. And, um, that's the kind of metaphor I'd use for this. And, um, you might also be a little bit short-tempered with people around you and maybe that's a, a sign that you are um that the creative fire is moving through and sparking through and you need to just also remember not to be um mean <laughs> um, um but you, you yeah the, the month of july might be um a month of stepping on each other's toes but but ultimately it's a month in which you reach the peak um after that all that hard work and all that breathless struggle up that hill and collectively and on your own you will you will see you will breathe a sigh of relief and you will see that vista and then there will be that penny drop moment um and it'll all come together so ultimately it's um feels aggravating it could feel irritating it could feel even like personal um and yet your commitment to what you hold most sacred to your grail is going to be at the at the forefront of of what that of what that means and why that's going on. So there you go. Thank you for putting yourself forward. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for your reading. I love it. Next time it's you. Oh, really? <laughs> I should bring my, my cards yeah, here. So you're an amazing reader. I have been on a little bit of a hiatus just the last few months. Mm -hmm. No, that's a, that's a fib. So yeah, for a few months now, mm -hmm. maybe three or four, um, while I'm working uh, in the, in the shop rather yeah. than reading. Um, and it's been good because to be honest, I have been reading solidly now for quite a few years and, uh, I found 
not that my energy was was lacking, but that everything has a time. And yeah. I felt that, yeah, stepping away from it to hone my skills in other areas was yeah. okay to do in the right timing as well. So, like, everything in its right place. But yeah. for this, yeah, we should even it out. Maybe I could bring in my bones kit instead yes. of doing the cards. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe next week I'll put but the But then word we out. can't call the segment tarot and not tarot. That is the question. We'll have to call it... Boner. Shake them bones. <laughs> <laughs> Brody's boner. Yes. Yes. Brody's boner corner. Yeah. I like that. All right. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds good. I I like it. Like, so how did you get, because often it's we're thrust into it, right? Yeah. Like, it's not exactly a choice that people, it's not. No. So, yeah. So, so there's a difference between being a reader, like just having being, a practice, being a professor, yeah. like, yeah. Uh, and then being a professional reader. Yeah. Getting and paid other people, coins. Hustling and making money. Yeah, and interfacing and with, with the public. People. Yes. Yeah. Because it was something I always did, not always, but something that I could do mm-hmm. and would do for friends. Yes. And for family, mm-hmm. but not in a professional sense. Mm-hmm. And I'd literally left my corporate soul-sucking job and I decided to take myself out for the day and treat yeah. myself to a high tea. Yes. And there was a tea leaf reading lesson and I think I even told that story last week. But Maybe you did. Yeah, but then... Last week. Oh, I, I guess it is last week, but we, yeah. we spread the episodes out. We'll spread you out. <laughs> so, we... Um, it was, yeah, a bit of a, a push, but I was already getting that push from spirit. Obviously, I was asking for a change in lifestyle. I was mm-hmm. asking for change within my soul. I was asking for things in my life to shift, and this allowed me to do that, but it wasn't what I was setting out to do. I don't think many people set out to to become a reader. No. Do they? When uh, they're like, I am going to learn to read so that I can become a reader and make money from I, it. I haven't heard that story much, but, no. if, but if that was a story, it would be a very valid story. It would be story. a valid yeah. story. Yeah. But I just haven't heard it a lot. Normally it's like, you know, started one way and, and things escalated as most things do. Yeah. So, yeah, it kind of happened in that way. And I was tea leaf reading first, so there was smaller. I built my confidence with shorter readings because mm-hmm. um, for anyone who does it, a divination like mm-hmm. that in a cup, it shouldn't necessarily go for longer. It can go for longer than that. But mine were like 15 minutes. Sure. Obviously, I would always go over because I could talk underwater with a mouthful of marbles <laughs> and have a libra. So I would so always go over. But 15, 20 minute readings and then slowly, you know, start building that muscle, mm-hmm. I felt, and the confidence to, to read in other ways. Yeah. And then started working more with my tarot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, how about you? How did you start reading for others? Okay, so yeah, I'll just be real Cliff's note. Yeah. Cliff's note. Cliff note. Okay. Cliff note. <laughs> um, so in 2002, I was in an eclectic Wiccan teen coven. Oh. And the high priestess of that coven um, gave me at Yule in 2002, gave me. Um, I wanted to learn the runes because all the books were like, you as a witch, you must master one, at least one, preferably yes. two <laughs> divinatory systems. And I really wanted to master the Nordic runes. And um, I since have come back to work with the Nordic runes, but thrust into my hands as a gift, um, you know, and often we have we have some like fables, folklore mythology stories, about mythology cards. about how you receive cards. 
And I have some opinions on that. But anyway, <laughs> um, I received them. And, and it did feel like a transmission. It felt like the spirit, the great mystery that is tarot was placed into my hands mm-hmm. by the acting, like by the, by the, by the young woman who, who had taken on the mantle of high priestess in this coven. And she gave them to me at Yule and um, I took them home and I slept with the book under my pillow. And also all night I read the entire thing mm-hmm. and I read both the upright and reversed meanings of all 78 cards Then I slept with it under my pillow. I was 14 years old mm-hmm. and I, I actually would have been 13 because it was 2002 anyway. And I woke and I woke up and I remembered it all. I hate you. And I know, I know. <laughs> and, but that's just the way my brain works. And, um, it has that kind of weird capacity. And, but that was the only time that's ever worked by the way. Um, <laughs> and, and I just, just read for, everyone like I wouldn't go I'm going to read for you but my mm. mum my mum started to identify my mum and my father when he was around um in Australia they would see that I could do it and yeah. that um because I would read for my mum's siblings and I would read for my mum's friends who'd come over like all adults by the way I would actually I, I never read really for my friends until later on yeah like my teenage you know the same age yeah, as true, me friends. I didn't either, it I was didn't. all women and men in their 40s and 50s yeah. and 60s and um and they would like you know give me five bucks listen to us yeah <laughs> and, and I remember my mum saying and she had um my mum grew up on a farm outside of um outside of Oki or was it in Oki I think it was in Oki and um and she, the, um, they often had rum people. Uh, they called them gypsy people, but you know, rum people come and stay on the farm. And my mom always said when I, when I was young, cross the gypsy's palm with silver. And, and when I would go, oh, don't give me anything. Like as a young kid, oh, don't give me, you don't even give me $1. They'd be like, no, cross the gypsy's palm with silver. And that stuck. I really, it stuck. And there was this, um, exchange of energy because a reading is a multi-dimensional, like one has to be thoroughly engaged on so many levels and certainly i do multiple readings for um initiates and initiators and coven mates and um for of course for completely no charge but a lot of them do come to me professionally too because i have been a professional reader since 2005 yeah so it's it's like i have been in the psychic pig pens as i like to call them (laughs) like in those horrible swallow those words like those like like mind, body, spirit festivals. No, you can say it. You can say it. We <laughs> yeah, want to I don't. Hear it. I don't like them. I've never done it, and I've never been and been there. It's, it scares the it's life out of me. Twenty readings in a day. No. It's awful. No, and I've done all kinds of weird things. I've oh. done, I've done reading, reading parties, like been th- I've for BMW clients. I've oh got books yes, for corporate things. Gro- it's yeah, the devil. I don't not do. The fun devil. I will not do corporate no. things. So I love. So I go in and out of reading a lot. Currently, I'm reading a lot mm-hmm. um, because I read Tuesdays and Fridays at Eclectica and I like it that way. Um, I still do some readings from home for long distance clients, but but and I kind of like that it's now just like, come see me on Tuesday, come or, see or me not. on Friday or, yeah. or probably not, you know, and yeah. there are some rare exceptions and it's usually for friends and, you know, people who I'm in traditions with. So it feels a little bit more intimate, but yeah, reading. Ah, it's a funny job. Being a professional reader it's like like it involves so many aspects my mum at this point's like maybe you should just bite the bullet and go back to uni and get a psychology degree because mm. what you're doing <laughs> to I yourself know. and all of us yeah. by reading every day is is helping people in that fashion yeah neither of us are and uh trained and as i always counselors or psychologists and yeah i know we both say that we even have uh, at Eclectica, yes. like a printout behind the counter of, yes. of contact numbers for 
for real help in, well, in other ways. Yeah, in yeah. other ways. Because the fact is, who comes to see us? Of like often people who are in dire circumstances, yeah. who are like leaving domestic violence situations, and for some reason. Mm-hmm. This has happened so often. They turn up to an occult store, a witch store, because they've had trouble with bureaucracy. They've had yeah. trouble with systems of government. So They won't trust anyone else. Yeah. And they don't feel as though they can discuss it with their family. Exactly. Yeah. It's such a duty of care. Like, I take it so seriously because also I, I, I know that they're... I know that they're also coming because there is a, and I know this from um, being connected to Balinese culture too, they're coming because it's human to come to oracles. It is. It's yep. human to come to people who are able to mediate like that. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I always, you know, am very insistent and, and like, you know, access this service, access this service. You need to think about this, yeah. you know, so I, do, so I do all those What's things. What's your family, you know, yeah. have to say, do they know? Yeah. Not, not yeah. what do they have to say, but yeah. is everyone aware of what's going on? Mm. Um, have you spoken to a doctor? Do yep. you need any help? Yeah. Um, apart from that, you know, but this is, this is the other, the other stuff that other people won't tell you. I know. You can only get from speaking to someone who yeah. trades in yeah. unusual it's really spiritual really, matters, really profound, and it's controversial. Like some people are like, "Oh, you give people false hope," or "You're a char- you, you know, you're a charlatan." It's like if you don't you- give in any false no. hope. I've heard you read. <laughs> like, I think I don't think either of us would ever no, do that. We're not that. We're not those kinds of readers. No. Um, like when I see, you know, we were we were we were we were, we were, we were, ha- we were having a drink with um, some friends prior to this, um, just in just in Westie West End, and um, drinking unicorn tears. drinking unicorn tears, and we were talking about this, and we thought this might be a fun or interesting thing to talk about on mm. tonight's episode. Um, like you know, if I see the Seven of Swords next to the Knight of Wands next to Death. I, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to go, look, there's this person, they are quick to anger, they come and go a lot, they slam a lot of doors, they are lying to you, honey, and the, t- and the tower is about <laughs> to fall down. Yep. And, and usually... They're like, I knew it. Yeah, almost always. Like, yep. uh-huh, I know exactly. Yep, that's it. Yeah. Thank you. And I d- thank you. Yeah. Normally you get that kind of a thank you yeah. as well. It's not like, oh, yeah. thanks for that. It's like, yeah. thank you. Yep, that's yep. all I need to know. Oh, they're already getting I their handbag. Yeah, She's already I got it. <laughs> You knew, you knew. But I think it's important as well because, one, the vast majority of the people that come into the store um, aren't regular clients mm-hmm. and I don't know them from a bar of soap. That's so getting exactly the right. exact same response that they've probably already been told by some other people they really trust and you validate what they already know in their heart or what they mm. feel is right, done. They're yeah. good. Yeah. Good to go. Not all the time. Sometimes you get people who... Are searching for a, um, a cultivated experience. Is that yeah. where you put it? Like they know how this reading's meant to go. They know what they want out of it. I know exactly what I'm. Yeah, I need to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've paid my money. Let's get this done. Yeah. Turn on the TV. Yeah. Yeah. It's it can be exhausting that those kinds of readings. But luckily, most people who um, have come to see me since I started reading regularly at, at Eclectica are really um, mindful people. Yes. Yeah. And they're from all walks of life. Like we were oh. saying this the other day. You wouldn't believe you wouldn't the people believe, we read yeah, for. They are not hippies. They are often have nothing to do with the occult or witchcraft. They are often Christian or Hindu or doctors, yep. nurses, people thinking about selling their businesses mm. or their homes. A lot of people in business yep. coming for a, for an outside asking business questions. Yeah. yeah, I'm like often my line, especially when it has to do with 
pentacles and coins. Yes. I'm like, look, obviously I'm not a fucking accountant. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise I wouldn't be sitting here, yeah, right? I but you need to fucking sort that out, yeah. okay? You need to read you the fine print. You need to consolidate that nest egg. You should I get <laughs> shown that image of when I was a little kid going into my mum worked for the Commonwealth Bank, which is a big, not so great bank in Australia now, Um and getting like sat down and they give you a dolomite account. And I remember a little bit older going in and speaking with someone about mm-hmm. my, you know, um, bank accounts and whatnot. And it shows me that image. And I'm mm-hmm. like, right. So you need to sit down with someone who really knows what they're doing at the bank yeah. and sort out your yeah. fucking shit. Yeah. But it's definitely a banking matter. Or when, or when I get the, <laughs> the king of pentacles or the king of coins, I'm like, you need to go see an accountant yeah. or a financial advisor. Yeah. And they will always, so do I. And they will but always say, <laughs> I was just thinking about yeah. doing that. Or I just called him up yesterday. Yeah, or I'm made calling her tomorrow. Like, yeah. it's like, yeah. That's important. <laughs> and then there's the interesting things. Like, because I've been reading for, for about 15 years professionally now, and because I've had a lot of people come back to me to, tell me that happened or this happened or that person you said by this name because a lot of readers as you will know dear listeners beloved listeners um we don't just read the cards or the runes or the I Ching we are doing other things and sometimes some of the most specific weirdo information comes through from the spirits and comes through from the beloved dead who've gathered and comes from somewhere I don't even know yeah and and I have learnt over the years not to um, avoid saying those things oh, because every those have, are always the ones. That's always when you're wrong. Yeah. It's always been those like, nah, that's silly. Like it cannot be that. And you stop. I always have to go back and go, nope, I take it back. Yeah. What I was advised, yeah. I walked away from saying just a moment ago, that's exactly what we need to say. Yeah. And I always have this, like this, like these series of lines I say when I start to do, cause I do, I do predict the, the future, the, like the unfolding becoming of all things. And I'll always say, look, um, if you drastically alter your um, behavioral patterns and trends, this will drastically change. Mm. And, and sometimes there are fate knots Yes, and you cannot avoid these things. But here, here's some information. Like, let's ask about how to navigate this gracefully, yes. how to navigate this wisely. Difference. Yeah, and and I've learned over the years about because a lot of people come in prepped and they have all the questions, and a lot of people come in really confused and they don't know exactly how how like what are the, what is the custom here? Yeah, how does it work? Can I ask yeah. you something or do you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you want me to tell you anything? No, no, please. Really, don't. I'd really prefer you didn't. And um and so just this like notion of the predicting the future. And really it's about reading the, in, like meteorology. It's similar to that. It's like reading the trends. Yes. And it's like making really basically educated guesses on the probabilities of things mm-hmm. and then looking and then over time I've also not even had to validate it to myself because, because it just works. And yeah. I, I couldn't even explain to you why. Like people, how does the tarot work? I'm like, I don't know. It's like doing a job for a really long time and Mm. then someone else coming in and you having to train them and you have to think back to how exactly, what do I do every day? You couldn't break it down because it's muscle memory now. Mm -hmm. I don't know how it works, but this is how I do it. It's what I say. Um, Yeah, and I could make up all these pseudoscientific concepts. Of course. But they're just models and theories and they're likely not very good ones. And it just, what I know is that when someone now not every reader even lets their querent or the querent touch the cards but i really do i'm like you must go into the cards yeah. um 
your signature must go in. And if I'm reading long distance, the way I do it is I shuffle and I say to them to focus and to project the question. And then I get them to tell me to stop very clearly. I say, say stop when you want me to stop and I'll stop shuffling and then I'll read the cards. So it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, when you I'm reading, it's like psychometry because yeah, I feel it's yeah. that when when their hands are on my cards, yeah. or that they've had an input in the cards. Well, it's the law of contagion, one of go. the oldest laws yeah. of magic. You know, yeah. like attracts like, or um, as done to like, so done to like, and yeah. then also the law of contagion, which is like hair, piss, <laughs> like all the good stuff. Yeah, like when the fetch body touches something, something yeah, yeah, and wipes it. I found that I was doing that in a really strange way at one point I was doing readings uh in my apartment in Woolowin and I had a booking and this lady turned up but it wasn't just her it was her mum it was this beautiful Indian family it was her mum and auntie and these are all living people all living okay. people yeah. in in just the flesh you yeah <laughs> you have to check around yeah. here and they all filed into my tiny apartment uh-huh. they all sat on my couch I'm like oh, normally I don't yeah but then there's the, the cultural but yeah. it's culture I used to read for a Thai woman and have to do the same thing everyone yeah. comes together and but the funny thing was is that they weren't even there for one of them to be read for. They wanted a reading for one of, well, the lady who'd come with her whole family, her sister. So mm. it was, you know, the, the grandmother's granddaughter, daughter um, to the mum. And they gave me her ring to yeah. hold on to. And I was Smart. like, I don't know if I'm, yeah. if I've never read for long distance before. I, I don't know if I can, but you had a I ring. don't want to do that. And they're like, well, you hold this and you, and I'm like, well, I'll give it a go. And if it doesn't work, then, you know, no harm, no foul. Yeah. Don't pay me yeah. for the service. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Um, and it just happened. Yeah. They brought a photo. I didn't turn it over. I did the whole reading at the end. They sat very quietly and respectfully <laughs> as they do finished they confirmed everything I'd said, turned the photo off, said, that's the girl that you were talking about. That's her daughter you were talking about. That's mm. the son that you mentioned mm. at school. And it was all from touching that thing. Mm. I couldn't explain to you how that happened. But from that but point on, I knew sense. that that's what happened. It yeah. makes sense. Like if that's her ring, if that's her piece of clothing. But I've found similar yeah. things when I'm doing like um, paranormal investigations or if I'm, if I'm in a, an old building or, mm. you know, as we like to frequent these spooky places. <laughs> You touch the walls, you touch objects, and that's when I get those stories. (laughs) Or you don't. (laughs) I'm a bit of a glutton for punishment. Yeah. God, I go into those places with so much iron in my pockets (laughs) and wearing, like, all my, you know, talismans and having called in all my powerful familiar spirits. (laughs) See, I think, yeah, look, if you're confident in your posse, you don't have a problem. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) One of my friends once asked me, one of actually who ended up, teaching me um witchcraft in at one juncture in my life he asked he said to me how is it that you do all these things and nothing like goes wrong and then and then he met my fetch mate <laughs> he's like, like oh, oh you my. have you have him around you at all times i'm like yes actually that reminds me so i've just finished uh Dear, dear listeners, I've just finished moving. It's been awful. And we've just moved into this new place and it's been torturous. Well, they say like, is it deaths, divorce and moving? It's like top so. three stressful yeah, things. Yeah. yeah. But we were going back and forth from both places and my amazing mum was at my old place cleaning the kitchen while we said, well, we'll do a load of stuff to the new place. Mm-hmm. And I got back and she is a straight shooter and she doesn't normally say boo about anything. And she's just like, I don't know what it is, but you better make sure none of this stuff comes with you. And I'm like, what are you saying? She goes, well, someone just walked up on me in the kitchen and cough, like cleared their throat behind me mm. and doors have been opening and closing and mm. everything's been carrying on. And I'm like, ah, oh, 
It's because I didn't explain to them today yes. with the other moving bits. Sorry, bad witch. And she's like, seriously, Brody, do you, does that happen to you all the time? Is that just around all the time? Like, no, of course not. She's like, well, it's not coming to the new place and it's not going in my room. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're not normally that naughty. No, yeah. Moving is so interesting. Oh, and like I think we were talking about my move because we were talking about the traditions of bringing things across yes. the threshold and of blessing and all yeah. of that. So, um yeah, all of all of that's been done, and I'm I'm still cultivating. I've still got to set up some of my permanent altars. Mm-hmm. Took a little bit of time and a little bit of navigating with compasses and whatnot mm-hmm. to sort out my bed. And <laughs> where's the north? Uh, where's bloody north? Well, or <laughs> in Australia, we're looking for because I was reading Feng Shui, and it, and I think it's in in Shinto belief or practices, or is it Vedic? You're not meant to lie north south to sleep. You're also not meant to lie with your head in the west, which is considered like the corpse sleeping. Because, yeah, Swasti's mum told least me you're not allowed to. Bali, so it's I, called coffin style. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. not allowed to sleep with your feet pointing to the door so uh-huh. that that's the way they carry it out. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. Getting all the orientation right. <laughs> I and know. Feeling, feeling right. I know. It's like in my new house, the, um, the front door goes straight down the corridor to the back door like in one uh. swift line and i think it's in you know i don't know those so but in i've heard from some people who seem to know what they're talking about that um in chinese kind of um understanding of chi that um negative chi travels in straight lines right. and so you would need something to help break, that up. break it up and so often you have these um in feng shui these octagonal the mirrors. mirrors that they yes. hang in like long corridors like that. Um, and I know in Bali, um, which has a Chinese cultural influence and um, also the, the Vedic influence, of course, through Hinduism, but it, um, often some of the steps are intentionally irregular. I love So that, that um, certain spirits can't come up and down them. Yes. Yeah. Or that there's always that little threshold, especially in mm-hmm. a lot of temples that mm-hmm. the serpents can't cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Practical too. Yeah. <laughs> Practical there, There's all kinds of reasons for so many things. Mm. Anyway, I think we've I think we've come to the end of our we episode have. four. Which is really sweet. We've 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 talked a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's so unlike us. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in, for downloading. Make sure that you stay in touch. Again, if you've got any ideas for topics or for guests mm-hmm. um, or corrections corner, not that I fucking care, but you can give it a go. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Um, you can email us at antipodeanartspodcast at gmail.com. That's correct. Whoa, I got it right. That's correct. We also have a Facebook. We will have an Instagram by the time you're hearing this. So make sure you comment and check us out on there. Yay. And have a beautiful night. God bless you. (laughs) Everyone. You lay upon the hill that lay beneath the wolf sky. You felt the dark clouds falling and omen apparition. And with the thunder rolling, how preceded the storm. We lay beneath the wolf This has been the Antipodean Arts Podcast. Music by Wendy Rule. The song is Wolf Sky.